Hey, I'm Michael Whistler, and I sincerely believe that science fiction is going to help us save the world. This is Exploring Tomorrow. On this episode of Exploring Tomorrow, we are going to discuss one of my absolute favorite movies, um, probably one of the best science fiction films ever made, uh, really one of the best films of the past decade, I would even argue. We're going to talk about Arrival. Every now and then, a really unique movie comes along and, and really just dives right into my soul, as it were, and really becomes a part of the way I see the world and the way I think. Last episode, I talked about a movie that did that, uh, Contact, and the way that it really influenced me heavily, and eventually I read the book, and that has influenced me as well. Well, this time I want to talk about Arrival. And I want to talk about Arrival for several reasons, and I think it's particularly valuable right now at this moment that we're in uh, as a culture in this incredibly divisive political atmosphere that we're living in to take a moment and explore and appreciate and learn from an amazing science fiction film that offers us a really unique look at time and what it means to be a person and make difficult choices and to choose to exist in this moment. I want to talk a little bit about my experience when I first watched Arrival because it was really a fascinating, one-of-a-kind experience for me. At the time uh, when it came out, I had uh, been working on a short film of my own uh, called Parallel, science fiction story, love story, really, uh, of two characters uh, who meet across parallel universes. Uh, in, in the writing process, as I had worked on, on this story that I found really meaningful to me personally, it, was, it felt like a very personal exploration of this idea of relationships and the temporary nature of those relationships and how people come in and out of our lives um, and, and we need to appreciate them and, and the moments we have with them uh, because we don't always get to run our lives parallel to other people's lives for as long as we'd like to. In the process of making this story, I had been listening to a particular playlist that I'd put together on Spotify for quite some time. And one of the key songs on there is the Max uh, Richter song that opens and closes Arrival. And so it was a really strange experience to be sitting in the movie theater as Arrival opens and begins and to suddenly be flooded with all of these familiar emotions that I already had associated with this song and that I had already poured into 
telling a story that was incredibly meaningful to me and to suddenly be having this sort of strange out of time experience uh, of not of, in the moment of not recognizing the song and being able to contextualize it because it was so out of the context that I normally had experienced it to then be seeing it in this movie and then to experience this movie and to feel like there was a, a film that was uniquely made for my personality, a thoughtful, intentional, well-crafted, uh, mature science fiction film that grapples with everything from our perception of reality to the choice of being a parent, of giving yourself over to that kind of selfless love and being present to someone else, no matter the result, no matter where it's going to go. It was a really strange experience. And I remember walking out of the movie theater with my wife and not, not actually being able to speak for probably 10 minutes or so. And she was very patient and waited. Uh, we, you know, went to get dinner after the movie and she waited for me to be able to finally find my voice again. And it was a really great conversation. It was really worthwhile to be able to have that experience. It's rare that I get to have that kind of experience and it was really special. And I think she understood that and she really enjoyed the film too. In fact, we've recently rewatched it. And, and again, it's just a, a favorite for us to revisit. You know, we'd sat through the credits and everything. So, you know, it's probably a good like 20 some minutes for me to recover emotionally and come back out of the experience and be able to then talk about it. And I love revisiting the film because of its many layers of complexity and of character development and just of the ex the layers of exploration of what it means to be alive to be perceiving reality and to be in relationship with each other. So let's unpack this thing a little bit. If you haven't seen Arrival, I'm just going to be very upfront. Uh, this is a, an episode that really is for the, those who have seen it because I am going to, we're going to talk about it all. And so I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm not going to, you know, spoilers are going to be throughout this if you haven't seen it. So if you haven't seen the movie, please do yourself a big favor and pause the episode and go, go make time to watch this movie. Uh, I'd even... I'd even go so far as to say, drop everything you're doing and go watch this movie right now and then come back and, and explore it. And I'll link to some other really cool videos as well that uh, I think are really interesting essays and uh, explorations of what uh, the value of this movie is. So with that said, let's explore Arrival. Well, the whole context of Arrival is this idea much like contact of human beings discovering that we're not alone in the universe and coming into contact with alien intelligence uh, 
and what is the impact of that now unlike a movie or book like contact is this isn't a signal that uh, comes to us and then we we get to go meet the aliens or anything like that instead these this is a little more of the maybe traditional alien contact uh story that we've see from everything from the day the earth stood still to independence day where the spaceships come down right and of course there's a ton of fear and natural i mean understandable fear and animosity and trepidation that human beings experience when they see this uh, because suddenly there uh, is this out of nowhere <laughs> armada as it were uh, of ships th uh, scattered throughout the world and what do they want you know is this an invasion is this a hey we just wanted to stop by and give you a planet warming gift uh, we see that you've uh you know made it this far and maybe you guys are going to stick around for a while so um here's some intergalactic fruit and wine uh really we have no idea right in, in a scenario like that and that's exactly of course naturally where the story really kicks off and we begin to experience this you know human response but we also get to ex experience it really uniquely and specifically through amy adams character uh, in the film and she's a linguist and she's brought into this whole scenario right to try to unpack this the language of these aliens as you know from seeing the film the language uh, is circular because these alien beings experience time in a fundamentally different way than we do and, and we experience it linearly they're kind of experiencing all of it uh kind of at once really uh, they still seem to have as it were a needle on 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 the groove of the record and to some degree but they also at the same time are fully aware aware of of what the whole record is so it's not quite the same process of momentary by momentary discovery that we have with only having our awareness of exactly that spot on the record where the needle currently is as a metaphor for our sort of traveling through time as i say i'm i'm a time traveler i just happen to travel through time in one direction at a constant rate of 60 seconds to every minute still a time traveler though do not take that away from me at any rate <laughs> total nerd what i think is so worthwhile about this film is that it's put into a specific context of these characters uh, but it allows for a universal conversation about human perception and our fears and what are we going to let be our guide now any great story is told through specifics <laughs> you know i think tolkien uh, was one of uh, the the biggest uh, sort of proponents or or was one of the biggest voices to really explore that idea and sort of extrapolate the notion that you can only really communicate universals through uh, specifics and that's the value of storytelling and so we get that 
by getting to experience the story through the eyes of Amy Adams' character, Louise Banks, uh, who is a linguist. The movie takes a very interesting license. The movie is based on a short story by Ted Chiang, uh, which I had never uh, read before, but I do highly recommend it. It's different. It's a different experience than the movie but a very worthwhile short story. But for our purposes here today, I really want to focus on talking about the movie and uh, how the movie plays with some of these ideas. Now, one of the things that the movie really hinges on is this theory, the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Uh, And this is a real philosophical hypothesis that has been posed uh, and and mostly... uh, discredited or or logically pushed back on enough uh, that uh, most philosophers and linguists don't necessarily really adhere to at least a very strict uh, or strong definition of this hypothesis. Now, what is it exactly? Well, if you have seen the movie, which hopefully listening to this and having seen the movie, you know that its basic premise is that our brains get wired by the language we learn. And so it fundamentally shapes how we perceive the world because it, our, our language kind of hardwires us to see the world in a certain way. Philosophers like Wittgenstein uh, took a much uh, softer view of this hypothesis, and, and he made arguments for this sort of softer interpretation of the Sapir-Whorf uh, hypothesis, uh, which I think has some validity. It's worth us taking a moment to pause and, th- and think it through. Uh, just around the whole idea of language is a powerful uh, connector. It's it's our primary way of communication. And because of that, it does shape a lot about how we think and how we see the world around us, how we experience things. Now, granted, uh, you know, I, I don't think most philosophers and most linguists and most physicists out there would uh, say that something quite like what we see in Arrival uh, is possible, that a different alien language that is fundamentally based on a completely different experience and perception of time so rapidly rewires Louise Banks' brain that she's able to experience time non-linearly. It's, that's, that's the big logical leap of the story. And most any good science fiction film has some big logical leap. That's the nature of that what if question. And rather than being a flaw or some kind of weakness of these kinds of stories, it's actually the reason we come to the story it's the reason we turn to it this kind of what if is actually what allows the story to really be so philosophically emotionally spiritually profound because it elevates this whole conversation into a new context in which we cannot experience Uh, on a daily basis uh, that we cannot experience in waking reality because that's just not how we experience time. Having said that, 
I think that there's so much going on in what Arrival ultimately is able to do in terms of telling us two very crucial parallel stories. One of fear of the other and of each other. So we have on the one side the story of humans coming into contact with aliens and all the fear and trepidation that's entailed in that. And on the other side of that is the fear of each other <laughs> and, and the turning of each other that, that uh, is entailed in, the, in that particular aspect of the story. But also, there's this story of embracing life here and now, the pain, the good, all of it, and knowing ahead of time that, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan at some point, that things are going to go poorly and still being able to say, yeah, but I'm going to say yes to experiencing life. And in this particular case, it's for, for Banks, Amy Adams character, it's saying yes to having a daughter even though she knows that her daughter eventually will die, she will watch her die and she will feel it viscerally. She will mourn her. doesn't matter how much she knows it's coming. She will mourn the loss of her daughter and it will be crushing and devastating and, and all those things that we know losing a loved one is. And yet, she says, all the stuff in between is still worth it. Um, the opportunity for this person to exist is still worth it. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to say yes. It's interesting that she and, and her husband, I guess, I guess they get married eventually, um, differ ultimately on was that the right choice uh, as i was talking about in the last episode in this idea of being able to present different characters and different responses different very human responses to an outcome i th I, th I love that in stories and i and it feels real and plausible and and just very natural that one character responds one way and the other character responds differently and ultimately is so overcome by grief and the pain of it all. And it's like really he's, I would say, so living in that moment that he almost can't remember all the joy. And he's actually become so dreadful of the moment he leaves and extricates himself before his daughter ever becomes sick and, and, and begins to, or her final march towards the grave, as it were. There's a choice there between living in that fear of experiencing that pain or living in this, you know, honestly, it, it seems cheap to say living in the moment, but it is, it's, it's really... A living moment by moment 
in a, in a really kind of a mindful sort of way, being at peace with all of that, even though Louise Banks knows she's going to experience all this pain. I think that's a really beautiful, amazing story. It's an amazing story in, it, in and of itself. And yet it's arguably the, the bookend, right? It's the, the uh, subplot of the main plot of this uh, movie, which is the human and political drama that unfolds when we human beings have to confront fear. And when we are unable to step back from our trepidation towards marching into something that may be uh, far beyond us, that may in fact spell our, our doom. And there's a lot to be unpacked there in terms of the sort of the, the politics of it and the reflection of this moment in time. Uh, you know, it, it's not by accident that the movie showcases, you know, uh, or, or highlights uh, characters that are highly influenced by uh, bombastic rhetoric. You know, I'll just say it, Infowars bullshit like uh, we see in the world. And, and the movie plays on that idea of that exact kind of toxic uh, propaganda and fear-mongering that we see happening in our world. And we see the consequences of it that escalate and, and damage a situation that should be one of continued communication and, and mutual learning and, and, and exploration. And instead it becomes a violent confrontation because of these, these kinds of voices that escalate that. And there's also the political context to these things uh, and, and, and the, I would say the, uh, <laughs> the white European guilty conscience kind of perspective that we see in the um, political leaders, you know, the, the, you've got the, uh, is it CIA character who, who even, you know, points out to um, Louise Banks uh, about, you know, pick up any history book, you know, a conquering force with better technology comes in and wipes out the natives. Right. Um, and, and then I think we see this theme come up in science fiction periodically. And, and I, and I would say that it is, it is kind of a, it is a pervasive theme because there is a real sense in which we human beings, and in particular, we white uh, European descendant human beings have a lot to grapple with there in dealing with our past as a colonial power that that was out to conquer and that has done much damage and harm uh, and, and just straight up genocide in the name of, of our quote unquote manifest destiny of our propagating this world and, and, and making it and bending it to our will, making it our own. So we see this theme come up 
periodically in science fiction, and it comes up here in Arrival as well. I think there's a fear that we have that as human beings that we should have naturally as human beings that, yeah, you know, we understand that this has played out before and, and could play out again. Um, but I think we're relatively safe from being invaded. <laughs> the fear really, I think, plays out in these stories more because we need to deal with our past and we need to find reconciliation and a path forward as a species. Uh, this is one reason why I think these types of stories and in, 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 in particular within the, the genre of science fiction are so crucial for our continued development as a species and for us to grapple with these things and, and talk about these realities, we see really underlying our current political state and really why the fear mongering of things like Infowars uh, and, and other, you know, propaganda like that. And, and to be fair, there's vitriol and, and fear mongering on the left as well uh, that has been completely unhelpful. There is always this tendency we have as human beings to fear that the tables are going to be turned on us. And at some point, maybe we white European descendant uh, folks who have had the run of the planet, as it were, are not going to be the ones calling the shots anymore. And that isn't necessarily a science fiction scenario. We're seeing that play out in our culture in a very real way in that minorities are actually becoming the majority in the sense that minority groups as a whole are beginning to outnumber the white affluent majority that has gotten to call the shots for so long in this country. And that's pretty scary for some people. And because of that, we see that natural response to latch on to fear, to be afraid of what potentially is a complete shakeup of the status quo, and therefore to respond in, um, not necessarily physical violence always, though that does happen, sadly, but to respond in unconstructive ways and in ultimately even destructive ways. That's why I wanted to talk about Arrival right now and think about, can we step back as people, can we imagine what it is to step out of this moment in time and look back and look forward and look with more empathy on each other and with less fear, embracing that, yes, there may well be pain ahead. There may well be some real tough things that we all have to deal with. And yet, can we say yes to that? 
yes to life in that capacity, to experiencing life together. Whatever comes next, the pain or the fear or the joy. So it continues to be a story that, that bounces around my head and I see it recurringly applicable. This movie came out four years ago at this time. It came out during the 2016 election and it was so timely in light of everything that was going on. And I think it's utterly timely still in light of everything that's going on. And to step back and to imagine that we could for a moment appreciate that there is a bigger story taking place than just this election and even just this country and maybe even just this planet. And to ask ourselves, where do we fit in to that story? Where do we fit into that reality? Who do I want to be when I really think about the circular totality of my life? Who do I ultimately want to be? Because, you know, as I've reflected on the racial tension that we've experienced in these last several months, I mean, really these last several years, but even in just in these, in these last several months where our attention has really powerfully been drawn to the racial inequality and the systemic racism that we have built and maintained in this country. I, I've taken some time to really step back and try to learn and just shut up and listen and try to learn more. And, and in the process, you know, one of the things that's really come to light for me, uh, that's really hit home. And it's like, this isn't going to be news for anybody else who's been way more woke for way longer, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, it's eye opening to pause and really appreciate just how reviled and hated Martin Luther King Jr. was in his day. And yet today we have this beautiful narrative built up uh, and we get to sort of cleanse our, our souls, wash our hands as it were, uh, of, of our white guilt by singing Martin Luther King Jr.'s praises and by remembering him and, and by, sadly, pretending that everything's great now, which is not. And in learning more and more about what Martin Luther King Jr. and what people like him, the people who were working with him, guys like John Lewis, and realizing that just how spat upon and talked down to and mistreated and disrespected everyone in the civil rights movement was 
it, it, it really hits home in terms of the conversations that I experienced today and, and realizing that, you know, people I love dearly uh, and disagree with passionately about a lot of these matters with uh, would likely be people that would not have seen uh, Martin Luther King Jr. as a hero in in the time period when he was alive. Why do I bring all of that up when talking about arrival? Well, because I like the idea that if I am to pause and try to see my life in a broader context, maybe try to step outside of this current moment, this current time, and, and start asking myself, wait, where would I be in that? Would I have been out there marching during the civil rights movement? Would I have been one of those people? Would I have further back been fighting for the end of slavery? I think that is the kind of reflection that we should be doing when we walk out of a movie like Arrival. Would I be the same kind of person I am now going through these other experiences, existing in a broader context of time? Or am I this, just the same kind of person who, who cheered when hearing that Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and killed? Which kind of person would I have been? I know it seems like really far out there, but this is, I think, exactly the kind of reflection that's worth doing as we think about the fear-driven world that we live in. And we need to take a moment to think in this broader circular context of how history keeps sort of bringing back the unresolved issues that we have as a species and to grapple with is in this moment, this moment right now that I'm in right now, this election right now, this civil rights movement right now, how will it be viewed 50 years from now? Will I have been a voice for empathy and truth and compassion and equality? Or will I have been a voice for fear, for self-interest? That's, that's the big question that I see here. And what kind of person will I see myself as? <laughs> Do I want to see myself as? You know, other people have proposed this kinds of things. I, you know, uh, Stephen Covey with the uh, Seven Habits uh, of Highly Effective People talks about this notion of what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Uh, so if you could step outside of time for a moment and really see the totality of your life, um, 
maybe experience it much like Louise Banks is experiencing it and able to get these glimpses of all these different moments and then to be able to say, okay, what did I do with that? What did I do with all of that? That whole, that whole ball game, that whole thing. What did I do with it? What are people going to say about it? What are people going to say about me? And I think in that sense too, what am I going to say about myself? You know, when I'm looking back, uh, and hopefully at a, a very ripe old age, what am I going to think and say to myself about this moment and how I responded and how I treated even those who I think uh, may be making incredibly vile and despicable choices, but are still my fellow human beings. How will I have approached them, treated them, spoken to them? I've retreated a lot lately, as I mentioned in the last episode, from, I've retreated from social media in a lot of ways recently because I ultimately have not liked who I'm becoming in that, in that world. And a lot of it is because ultimately, as I think about looking down the road and, uh, am I going to respect and like myself when I look back at the guy I was in 2020, uh, in 2019, 2018, like, am I going to like that guy? I'd like to like that guy. That doesn't mean uh, I want to put the burden on myself to be perfect. None of us can be perfect. At the same time, I do want to be better. Being better is what reflecting and experiencing stories like Arrival are for me. And that's why I continue to unpack it as a parent who has no idea <laughs> what tomorrow may bring, but is just utterly, insanely glad I get to experience the joy of being part of my daughter's life daily. And as a, as a person who has dreams and aspirations and goals, a career, all those things, uh, but doesn't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And as a citizen who frankly is very concerned about what these last four years has meant for our society and for where we're going. And yet I remain hopeful that if there's one thing that remains true about the human race is that we do learn, maybe slowly, maybe too slowly for the context of any one of us in our single lifetime, but we do learn and we do grow and develop. And because of that, I hope that time and uh, our story within it as a species will ultimately prove to have a good 
in a worthwhile trajectory. Just as uh, Louise Banks chose to say yes to the experience and to the reality, the joy and the pain of being a parent, I say yes to the experience of being here and now a citizen of this world, of this reality, of this planet. Well, that's what I got for you this episode. It gets kind of heady. And, uh, and there's a lot more that could be discussed. Um, I suspect at some point I may want to even revisit uh, this uh, particular topic, this particular movie, and discuss this uh, with uh, a friend who may have some interesting perspective on it from uh, the world of language. Uh, so who knows? If there's interest out there, let me know. Leave comments. Leave your questions. Please leave your your thoughts and comments and feedback. Uh, how do you experience a story like this? And what does it make you think about? Or are you like, oh man, I I hadn't really unpacked a story like that to quite that level. Hopefully this inspires you to take the time to do that kind of thinking, that kind of unpacking and reflecting. Naturally, not every movie, not every book offers us quite that level of profound uh, introspection. Uh, but when they do, boy, it's worth taking the time to really dive in and really unpack it and really explore it. And what's even better is to engage in conversation. Uh, so I always encourage people to be able to experience these things together. A little tough right now during a pandemic, uh, but one day I sincerely do believe we'll be through this and uh, we'll be able to do the the normal things of, that we used to, like go to a movie together and grab a coffee or a beer afterwards and, and then unpack it and go, wow, man, that brings up all these things for me. All these things that I think I still need to think about some more. And that's why I like doing stuff like this. That's why I love stories. I think they really are a key to helping us unpack reality. So thank you for coming along on this journey, being part of this conversation. I do want to hear from you. So please comment with your questions, your thoughts on arrival. What do you want me to talk about next? What do you want to have me explore uh, and dive into next? Um, actually, uh, a friend requested even... Uh, that I do arrival. Ironically enough, I was preparing this one already. Uh, but even as I was preparing, I got a request from a friend, Hey, do arrival next. Talk about arrival. And, uh, I was like, Hey, awesome. <laughs> We're already doing it. <laughs> uh, so yes, if you have suggestions, please suggest, uh, if you'd like to check out, uh, my stories, which I really appreciate as an author, uh, I like to tell meaningful stories, I encourage you to check out my website, michaelwhistler.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-W-I-S-L-E-R.com. There you can find my blog where I explore a lot of these ideas. And also you can find my books uh, because I love telling stories as well. And uh, I love using science fiction 
as a, a realm to really explore meaningful questions about who we are, why we're here, uh, where are we going. And so if you're into that kind of thing, uh, it would mean the world to me uh, if you would grab one of my books, uh, check it out, and uh, shoot me a message. Tell me what you think of it. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, be safe, be creative, and ask big questions. <laughs>